0: Here's what Congressman Jerry Nadler said about provisions in the GOP's police reform bill to go after Antifa.
1: Their are amendments, and I've given you about half of them just listed here, were errant nonsense, off topic, dealing with imaginary things like Antifa.
0: Wow, so there you go. My next guest is a former member of that imaginary thing. He looks like a real guy to me, a former Antifa member. He says, ignoring the group, like what Nadler is doing, only allows the threat they pose to this country, obviously, to multiply. Gabriel Nadalis joins me now. Gabriel, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Now, now you, you, do, you, you do look like a real person. It's certainly not uh, imaginary. Uh, I come from that side of politics, though, as a community organizer. And I know when the effort is is to pretend that something doesn't exist, it's so that we won't deal with it. What do you think will happen uh, uh, with this kind of attitude? Is this send a message to Antifa that they are supported or how will they respond to this?
2: Well, let's look at what what uh, Representative Nadler is literally saying. He's saying that this is not this is imaginary. Well, that's just false. I mean, the only thing that's imaginary here is Representative Nadler's sense of justice. I mean, the protests that I attended, they weren't imaginary. Also, the windows that I regrettably broke, they weren't imaginary. Yet, every single time that we have left-wing politicians like Representative Nadler deny and ignore and even justify Antifa violence, it's only going to continue to grow.
0: Uh, see, this is, I think, why we see all of this chaos growing, because there hasn't been any reaction. In, in and of itself, it's as though none of this is happening, uh, and, law, and law enforcement, leadership is not condemning it. And it's it's like a green light. Now, uh, you know, you were a member. I was I was a member of organizations. I now also regret one of the great things about America is we get enough information to where we can change our minds about who we are and what we're doing. Is that what happened with you when it comes to the the choice to be a, a part of that and now to be condemning it?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, before I even joined Amer- uh, what's called uh, Antifa, I was already indoctrinated by a lot of my, my teachers and as well as Spanish media. And I was preconditioned to believe that America was my enemy, not because America rejected me, but because I, I kept being told that I was a victim. Thankfully, I started asking questions about this movement and then really, I just like you said, I got the information that I needed and I realized that being part of Antifa is something that I should never have been part of. And now I'm glad that I'm condemning it. But one thing to remember is where is Antifa really coming from? Because Mr. Nadler thinks that it's imaginary. Well, it's coming from oftentimes from college campuses. Sure. I mean, there's a professor out there who wrote a book called Antifa, the Anti-Fascist Handbook. <laughs> and then there's also uh, so many other professors yeah. that promote this type of well, violence. Well, and, and
0: Gabriel, you know, we know we're all kind of living on campus now, and we ignored it at that point. And now it's, of course, moving into a mainstream uh, element of the nation. but. Uh, for leadership in Washington to say that it doesn't even exist shows you I Make think also rich. that they are Countess worried me. if it is exposed. So I want to Come with you. me
1: and you'll be in a
0: world of pure imagination
1: take a look, and you'll see into your imagination. Dealing with imaginary things like Antifa, We'll begin
3: with a spin Traveling
1: in the world of my creation
3: the following program contains language and subject matter that you may
2: consider unsuitable for children Parental discretion is advised Reading Herfman and uh, His Highness the
3: Jackal
4: The Jackal
3: I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal The new king of Britain <laughs>
4: I think Jackal's uh, a Latino. I'm not sure but he'll give it to you again
5: The Jackal
4: Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another episode of Inside the Jackal's Head Live right here on PSN Radio, that's right, psn-radio.com Thank you all for uh, staying up and checking out the show wherever you might be listening from Whether it's here on Earth or somewhere out in the galaxy far, far away If you're on the United States, God bless you Stay safe Hopefully everybody's having a COVID-free existence at the moment, and everybody's nice and relaxed. We have a fantastic show for for you guys tonight. I have uh, two guests booked, and the first one will be here within the next 10 minutes. I have uh, a returning guest, Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer himself, will be on the show here within a few minutes. And then in the second hour... I have Dr. J himself who's going to be on with us, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun hearing from him. He hasn't been on the show in a very, very long time, and I haven't uh, had a chance to really catch up with uh, either gentleman for a while, so I look forward to having them both on. As you guys heard there before the uh, intro of the show, uh, let's get to it real quick. By the way, it is June 28th, 2020. I forgot to say that on the opening intro, but yeah, June 28th, 2020. And as you heard on the intro of the show, Jerry Nadler is playing within his own imagination. Claiming that Antifa is not a real thing. Okay? Now, let me uh, tell you folks, Antifa, so far, pretty real. If they weren't, who's causing all the damage? Who's bringing down all the statues? Who's starting all the riots? If it's not Antifa and it's not Black Lives Matter, because you see, folks, right now we're playing a tail the spin on the donkey, and the media and uh, the Congress, leftist extremists are spinning everything and trying to nail everything to President Trump. Like if he was the donkey. But the funny thing is, their symbol is the donkey symbol. They're the jackasses because they're being made to look like that. Uh, we have Antifa members who have clearly seen through the BS and are left, uh, have left the group. In fact, there was a gentleman in California, a LGTB member. And uh, he uh, African-American, by the way. And uh, he also left the party left Antifa, left Black Lives Matter, and he's been speaking out about them. I'm going to talk about that more next week on the show when I have uh, some audio on that. There's a bunch of people that are completely leaving Black Lives Matter because they're seeing what's going on. Antifa has taken over that group. Uh, They're the ones causing a lot of these mass riots. And uh, let me tell you, right now there's clear evidence. and You can look it up on the Black Lives Matter website. We've done a report on angelspeednut.com about this. Their funding, Act Blue. If you don't know what Act Blue is, Act Blue directly sends funds to the Democratic parties. They they've raised millions and millions of dollars, and it's all going to people like AOC, Rashada Talib, um, Jalen Presley, whatever her name is, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Jerry Nadler, who thinks Antifa's is
1: imaginary things like Antifa.
4: Uh, Adam shifty-shift, and all the people that are trying to get Trump out. In fact, another member of uh, Black Lives Matter recently came out and said that they sold purpose of everything that's going on, and of Black Lives Matter, is to remove Trump from office. So folks, we're facing very difficult times economically, and we're facing very scary times when it comes to these social groups that are trying to destroy our very existence here on this uh, little planet we call Earth. It's scary to even be outside, guys. Uh, I go out very little. Obviously, anybody who's been listening knows of uh, my injury to my leg and how I'm still rehabbing it. So I try to stay indoors during the day for the most part just because of those things. But it's scary to to know that if you go outside, there could be a riot. And... I look, you know, I've made it clear here on the show that nothing uh, gets me more upset every time I saw that video of George Floyd getting killed. I mean, that's a horrific video. Uh, but at the same time, we're glorifying a man who pistol-whooped a woman, went to prison, was high on meth, illegally paid for cigarettes with a fake $20 bill. That's why he was arrested. Okay. Resisted arrest, i seen the video, it, it wasn't the, the most horrible resistance, uh, but it was still, uh, you know, pretty uh, bad, we don't know what, everything that was said in that video, but you know the cop that put his knee on him was completely out of line, he should go away from murder, hence down there's um, there's no, uh, you know, more condemning than one can do to, to that man, uh, Derek Chuvian. For murdering George Floyd. We all saw the video. We know he went way over the line. But let's not continue to put this uh, person into a messiah figure. Because he wasn't a messiah figure. At no point in time was George Floyd ever a good human being when he came to the law. He has a long criminal history. Again, he pistol-whooped a pregnant woman and went to prison for it. So when I see the demonstrations in the streets, it just uh, it really it boggles my mind. And uh, this is something I wanted to actually ask uh, both, both the guests on tonight, because uh, they both do a lot of uh, appearances. They speak to a lot of folks, and uh, I'm sure they're very opinionated when it comes to social uh, discourses and things that are happening right now within the world. Uh, and I'm sure Mark Anthony is going to be with me in a couple of minutes here. He's going to want to maybe uh, get his two cents in. And I know for sure Dr. Jason to want to talk about this later on tonight at 11. Uh, but I want you really to just contemplate what's going on here. Really think about this. You heard Nadler say that Antifa is a thing of pure imagination. The silence should tell you everything, folks. It's amazing. That these people are getting away with this. And AOC just got reelected to her Bronx uh, seat in Congress because, guess what? She had a lot of money to throw around. And that came from Act Blue. And that, folks, came from Black Lives Matter. And now she says if you're Latino, you're automatically black. That's the new one now. I am Latino, so I guess I am automatically black. And as a black person now, I could automatically say that, guess what? All lives matter. And what they're doing is ridiculous. And it does not help anybody, does not help anybody but the pockets of the people trying to destroy this country. And one person that I know for a fact I'm very happy is uh healthy and safe and sound Fellow Floridian, the one and only, the second lawyer himself, Mark Anthony, was joining me. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show here live. Mark, right off the bat, I wanted to get right to this because we, as a people, tend not to take things seriously until it affects us directly, until we start to get sick. And then all of a sudden is when we're like, oh, wait a second, uh, jeez, I should have maybe perhaps... Taking my life a little bit more serious when I had the chance.
5: It's true, but that's—it's all part of a uh, the journey through life. I remember. Um, one of my favorite uh, celebrities of all time was George Harrison. Uh, he mm. was, uh, you, know, you, I, you know, I'm sure you know who he is, but for oh, yeah. listeners, he was a lead guitarist of this group uh, called the Beatles.
4: Yeah, that <laughs> little that, boy band. <laughs> little, yeah, tiny... the little little
5: boy band that changed the world. For those who don't
4: know, they were pre uh, Jackson Five, pre New Kids, uh, pre Backstreet Boys. They were the original boy band.
5: <laughs> they, they really were,
4: and yeah. what I always liked about George was his uh, spirituality
5: and uh, devotion to God, and he found his connection to God he basically took an interfaith approach, but yep. he pretty much uh, converted to to Hinduism, but he died of um, head and neck cancer throat uh, brain cancer back in two thousand and one right before nine mm-hmm. eleven and I remember him talking. Um, In an interview about a year before that, I saw a film of it. And he said that, you know, everyone's desire is to become rich and famous. And he says, and then you get there and you realize that that's not it, that life is meaningless unless you have a connection with the higher power. And that really resonated with me because I've listened to, to other um, very famous people and they said that, yeah, you know, fame and fortune and all that's great, but unless you have a spiritual center and a focus and a connection with the higher power, which, you know, whatever way you choose to connect with that, then um, really it's all hollow, it's all very empty. And and Angel, I think part of that, that spiritual connection is venerating our, our body and our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Because unless we are living in a healthy vessel, a healthy body, then it, it really makes it very, very difficult to, to enjoy or get any type of fulfillment out of life. It's not, and it's not that it's not impossible. I mean, look at you know, Stephen Hawking, but it's certainly um, very important to respect our bodies.
4: Definitely. I I agree. And right now, of course, we're all in lockdown. You're uh, down south here. Um, You know, in your area, I know there's uh, been outbreaks all over Florida and everywhere. Uh, You know, how do you see it from your perspective when you see the people on the streets looting, rioting, protesting, you know, not protecting themselves from a pandemic? I mean, let's be clear on what we're going through right now. Uh, from your perspective, how do you you know how do you see the mass hysteria that's being caused at the moment?
5: I think that c- certainly the the death of George Floyd mm-hmm. set into motion um, a, a chain reaction of events and uh, and. Uh, the undercurrent uh, frustration of, of african american and latino communities with racism and and certainly i i understand that but i think that the 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 added fuel to that is the the and the civil unrest so people are are scared people are out of work people are filled with anxiety we're living in uncertain times now protesting is as american as apple pie Okay, that is part of who we are, is our right to be able to get out and protest and speak our minds. But it ends where looting, violence, and lawlessness begin. And then when you see people running around in these crowds, uh, no matter what they're protesting, or what they stand for, without wearing masks, it shows a complete disregard for, for everybody around them. And... You know, when you when I've been studying um, this pandemic since it's at its advent when it started through Johns Hopkins World Health Organization, the CDC, Mm -hmm. Oxford University. I've been reading everything. Yep. It is 10 times more contagious than the flu, 10 times more lethal than the flu. And, um, for example, the reason uh, like diabetics, one out of every 10 diabetic who gets COVID-19 will die. Uh, People that are obese die. Uh, it's um, disproportionately impacting the Latino and African American communities because of health problems, underlying health problems like heart disease, hypertension, obesity, and now it's hitting uh, the the younger demographic. Uh, I think the 20 to 40 age range is where it's hitting the hardest. And the disease, unlike people, doesn't discriminate. It'll kill anybody. It'll hit everybody. And I know a lot of people run around screaming, "Uh, this is my body, I'm not going to wear a mask, which I find ironic because these are the same people who are telling, and and I'm not weighing in on the abortion issue, but the same people who stand against um, a woman's right to choose because it's her body. So it seems to be situational ethics are being inserted by, by people in various groups. It comes down to this. Listen to the scientists. Social distancing, washing your hands, wearing a face mask when you 're in public is our only defense at this point until viable treatments and a vaccine are created and I believe that the social uh, unrest certainly um, is is in some instances justified i don 't believe for one second that the looting, the burning, and the destruction. Is is justified, but I also think it is a symptom of the tension, anxiety, and general state of unhappiness caused by twenty million Americans being out of
4: work. I, well, remember, but the uh, 20, many, uh, twenty million Americans that are out of work are. Uh, most of that because of the conditions caused by this virus. And the, the a lot of, you know, this is definitely a pandemic, I 100% agree. But there's been a lot of fear mongering attached to the pandemic by the media, the, the socialists, Democrats, uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all these groups that are on the streets. Uh, you know, there's a lot of peaceful protesters, and that is part of our Constitution, no doubt. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's a, a point where protesting is one thing, but when it comes to looting and rioting and just going in that direction, that's when you're crossing the line. And that is what these people are doing. And they're, you know, you're, now you're having people from actually Black Lives Matter saying, listen, this is not us. You know, this is not what we're about. In fact, uh, they're pointing it out, and you can see it on YouTube, on social media, there's videos of this. Uh, these Antifa thugs which are coming out and they're the ones starting the problems and they're the ones looting And, and a lot of uh, You see a lot of videos where it's not even african-americans that are entering stores It's uh young, you know white looking uh, crazy people It's, just, it's thugs. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Well, what happens thugs? Is mixed you, by the way, not just right, white. just mixed.
5: You get a protest and then um, the protest has, has uh, positive objectives Right, And then there's the opportunists, okay? Correct. So, so they come in, and it's like what, you know, in Seattle, um, taking over an area and then not letting the police in when there was a shooting. Now, I've worked with law enforcement most of my life. I was a prosecutor, yes. then I was criminal defense. And granted, there are some rotten cops, okay? There are some bigoted, mean-spirited, rotten cops. But on the other hand... um, The vast majority, vast, vast majority of police Mm -hmm. officers that I know are good men and women. And I I have no beef with the police. I mean, you know, I've I've certainly been uh, pulled over and been in situations where it was anything but uh, comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always like them giving me tickets or things. But when I was six years old, I was uh, walking in the Indian River Lagoon, which is near where I live. And, uh, you know, my family were having a picnic by, by, uh, the lagoon, which, you know, we call the Indian River. And I stepped on an oyster bed and it sliced my, my heel open. And the blood was gushing out. And I remember my dad scooping me up and, um, and there was pretty bad traffic along the causeway. And I don't know where this cop came from. He came like out of nowhere, jumped out of his car, um, grabbed uh, some, uh, a towel, wrapped my foot in it. And he and my dad, uh, he got my dad in the car and he zoomed me to the hospital um, and got me there uh, through traffic because you know, he had his lights on. He essentially saved me from bleeding to death. And, you know, we don't hear enough about these stories about the police officers who put their lives on the line. And um, so so I want to, you know, want to show that that we have to have respect for the police. But also and and here's the thing, um, uh, Angel, when we look at uh, the history of the evolution of law enforcement. Now, we've all heard of Miranda rights, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. you know, every cop show, you know, okay, mm-hmm. you have the right to an attorney. You have to mind. read them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court yeah. of law, you have the right to an attorney. Okay, we've uh-huh. all heard that.
4: Well. I. I by the way, uh, I did uh, fess up once on the show here that I had an incident 20 years ago where it was a mistaken identity. And I spent a night in jail, and they told me, oh, well, you know, we're sorry. And, uh, you know, nothing happened. But I spent a night in jail, well, several hours, not the entire night. And I was booked and they never read my rights.
5: Well they don't have to read you rights unless they interrogate you for the specific purpose of eliciting incriminating information. They so did your, that. And your I, name and had, address, yeah. yeah. But but what I'm saying is that prior to miranda rights the way to the way police obtained a confession was coercion they'd literally rubber hose beat, beat the confession out of you and that's what happened to enrique miranda when he was arrested i think he was on a murder charge and a um, confession was literally beaten out of him so it went all the way up to the us supreme court and that's when the the us supreme court in miranda versus arizona Rendered the decision that when you're arrested, you have to be informed of your rights before making a um, voluntary uh, confession or admissions. So what happened in the wake of Miranda is that it increased education, training, um, professionalism standards, and it basically enhanced law enforcement. Through through um, better better training and better techniques, and I believe in the long run, and it needs to be happening now. That that's what's going to happen with the George Floyd. Uh, uh, the, the, this is going to be the the legacy of what happens legally in George Floyd. Is that it's going to increase um, awareness and professionalism of the police. It will help police departments um, not profile and. And not base decisions and actions on racism. I think that uh, chokeholds. You know, when they start saying we're going to ban chokeholds altogether, I think that unless somebody is forcibly resisting and trying to kill the cop, I mean, you can't you can't tie a cop's hands behind his or her back in a in a street fight okay but but certainly um in a routine stop and takedown putting somebody's knee on somebody's neck who's not forcibly resisting uh chokeholds things like that so these are all the type of standards that that th- that need to be implemented and the type of things that need to be addressed so i think Correct. in the long run that as horrible as what happened to george floyd george floyd was i think that this could lead to something very productive
4: mm-hmm.
5: and and um you know, with the protests, um, like you but said. But that's
4: not what they want, though. They want to completely destroy the police departments, Mark. They want to completely do away with uh, It's not just defunding, they don't want to just start by just not giving them more money to continue going on. No, they just want to completely remove the police department well, and what who are they going to call when somebody gets raped or shot or i yeah, mean you know, even you know, in the child call so, social yeah.
5: worker to stop the, no, uh, the ghostbusters dish- so, you know we, let's look at <laughs> let's look at history okay they used to call it the wild west for a reason there was no law right. enforcement you exactly. know so so people with guns and thugs and and criminals are going to rule look at uh, the fall of the roman empire Okay, so so Western Europe and, and uh, Western North Africa was part of the Roman Empire. It collapses, law and order disappears, and then the the word Vandal vandalized. The Vandals were a Germanic tribe that that pillaged and destroyed Rome and looted it, sacked it for really no reason other than than they could. And so that word's um, been carried on down to us through the centuries. And so what you saw was the Roman Empire, law and order, roads, infrastructure, a government, then that ceased to exist, and it turned into mob rule. It turned into utter chaos. And that's when uh, people started building castles and fortifications and basically you saw a complete collapse of civilization. I think any intelligent person... And I've heard a number of Black Lives uh, Matter people uh, talked, uh, interviewed on on the news, and they realize that that, that's just ridiculous to defund the police. You cannot remove police because they are here to serve and protect us. But on the other hand, that doesn't mean that now and again the police need a fine-tuning, a tune-up, an upgrade and i think that that's that's important but the idea of removing the police is absurd because when when let's say crack dealers are kicking down your front door and they have automatic weapons who are you going to call a social worker
4: ghostbusters yeah (laughs) that would be me right (laughs) in all seriousness though i mean yeah you're absolutely right i mean uh, look at uh, the the CHOP zone or CHAZ or whatever they were calling this inner city within the inner city in Seattle. Uh, there was uh, how many murders and stabbings and attacks within the, the couple weeks where the mayor was like, oh, we're going to call this the summer of love. That's a lot of love. Murders, rapes, stabbings. And then they were like, where are the cops? Well, you wouldn't let them in. You told them to leave. There's blood in her hands, literally.
5: Yeah, you know it's 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 a sad situation, but you know this country was was founded on protests, um, the Boston Tea Party. I mean, you know, I was up in Boston a couple of years back, and so I started doing some research there, and and uh, I found out. It, why the boston tea party was such a big deal now we all learn in the history books that what the british were doing is they were charging these ships came into boston harbor loaded with tea and the tea uh was very cheap but the tax on it was really high because the whole thing about the american revolution was that as citizens of the british empire we should have had representation in parliament in other words no taxation without representation well The the super high tax imposed without any input from the colonists, specifically the Bostonians, a bunch of uh, quote unquote uh, protesters. We could call them patriots, and of course they had to dress up as Native Americans, which drags a whole (laughs) another racist element into this. And they board these ships and yeah, calm down. We don't
4: we don't need another tribe angry at us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, get another. Yeah,
5: you know they offend the uh, the Native Americans and they throw all this tea in the harbor. (laughs) Well the in today's dollars that tea that they threw in the harbor came out to 750 million dollars in current currency it bankrupted a lot of british aristocrats so why do you think the british sent a whole fleet and an army of 10,000 men Right into the new, you know, into the colonies to, to squash this, you know, we think they were throwing, you know, packets of Lipton tea over, the, I mean, $750 million. And when I heard that, it was like, whoa, I never had any because the way, you know, the way history is taught in schools, usually, um, you know, they, it's, it's, they do a bad job for the most part. If people understood that, okay, now that was a protest. And the thing is, Angel, that protest got ugly and that protest got violent and that protest Mm -hmm. destroyed property. So, you know, how do you look at the, the Boston Tea Party? Do you look at them as patriots or do you look at them as thugs? Now, what's going on in our inner cities, people... Uh, the thugs that are attaching themselves to the protests and then burning down. I mean, I saw this this African-American woman. She was an elderly woman. She was crying. She goes, they burnt down the only grocery store I can get to. So what is the point of cutting off your nose to spite your face? Boston Tea Party is distinguishable. There you go. Because that's, these that's were the issue shipped right there. from England with a yep. cargo, and the tea was a symbolism of British economic superiority over us. These protesters were not burning Boston down to make a point, uh, you know. So burning down your own house to make a point, what's the point? I'm an idiot?
4: In, in a nutshell, I mean, literally in a nutshell, these, I mean, that's the most idiotic and lunatic thing to do. Yeah, let's take all these uh, black minority-owned businesses because we're angry at white cops, and let's burn down our own neighborhoods.
5: I mean, did see what logical uh,
4: mind thinks of that kind of stupidity.
5: And what people have to realize: is a lot of um, police are people of color. They're blacks, Latinos, right. Asians. That's you know, and, Mark,
4: and, and and this is not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but th- this is a perfect segue to something I wanted to uh, to get to. Um, cops... Are people, and this is what people don't seem to get you know when you talk about the police, people think about them like they're space aliens or some kind of like you know machine that that's going against the rest of humanity because they're not human beings, no. The cops are you, me, whoever joins the police force becomes a police officer. They're human beings. Our brothers, neighbors, sisters, uncles, you know, our family members. I have family members that have been in in the police. I have friends who have been uh, police officers. Mark, I was beat up by police officers in the 90s. I know how it is to, you know, be in both sides of the struggle. Uh, And... To you know, to sit back and see how people react to when you say police or cops, it's absurd um, the mentality that the folks have, where there's you know they're it's trained condition. I don't know what it is, but to think of policemen and women as these beings that are not human, these are human beings. I
5: understand that, and but what I've seen, though, um, being in the criminal justice system is the immense tension between the African-American community and law enforcement. Now, um, this is a systemic problem on both sides of that fence, and I mm-hmm. think that part of the solution is that there has to be... Um, dialogue between these communities and these law enforcement organizations. In other words, the, the community leaders in the African-American Latino communities need to have some type of advisory board panel with the police where they address issues. Also, there needs to be an outreach because when, when the African-American community and the Latino community no longer fear the police as an oppressor, and the police no longer um, have to look at these communities as all potential threats, that's when the tension's going to come down. And I'm not saying that, you know, I wish I had my magic Harry Potter wand, and I could wave this, (laughs) and all of a sudden we're all singing Kumbaya and and, uh, all that, but uh, this is a... it's a huge problem, but it is also one that can be solved, but everybody has to realize that everybody has to participate into this. It revolves upon respect. It revolves upon training and resolves. It revolves um, upon commitment and that it's not going to be something that's going to be over with right away. Um, But it has to start. And, and it's, it, it, it's been ongoing. I mean, the Civil War's been over for, what, 170 years, uh, give mm-hmm. or take? Uh, yep. it's a, and, and it seems like we're now we're still fighting it. And that needs to, the, the Civil War, the ignorance, the racism, the brutality that, that came out of that needs to stay in the 19th century. It has no place in the 21st century, but we're dealing with it. And, and instead of ignoring it and avoiding it, We have to hit this head-on, put in place a plan, and make it happen.
4: Oh, I I completely agree. And uh, here's the issue, though, Mark, and uh, this is something that a lot of folks (laughs) forget. Uh, Systemic racism within the police department I don't think exists. Let me just go there. The problem is, individually, you're always going to have bad seeds and bad officers, bad actors, bad players who do bad things like the person who choked uh, George Floyd. Derek uh, uh And the other officers who are with them were all, you know, not good officers. They didn't do their job. They should have stopped that a minute in. I mean, that should have not gone as out of hand as it got. Nobody did their job. These are four bad players. Doesn't mean the entire system is bad. Now do they need retraining? Yes. Systematically, I don't think the system is overall racist. But there does need to be a dialogue built, and I completely agree with that. One thing I do love that the police now do is they wear body cam. And when we see the body cam is we actually get to see you know what happened that caused a lot of these things. So when I see, the, for example, the the case of Brooks down in Atlanta, I'm like, why is this officer even being charged? Okay, here you have a person who everybody was peaceful. The police officer was very polite, very nice. Mr. Brooks was very polite and very nice. The moment he said, okay, I have to place you under arrest because you are legally over the limit, you are sleeping in a parking lot, and you're drunk driving. I mean, this could happen to whether you're white, black, Asian, doesn't matter. And he's placing him under arrest. Everybody's been nice to the point. that He's about to handcuff this man, and then he went crazy, started hitting the officer, knocked him down, took a weapon, ran from the officer after he punched him several times, two officers, runs away, Fires the weapon at the officer's face who's running behind him. He doesn't know if it's a gun or if it's a taser. He just knows something was fired at his face and he missed. So he did the logical thing, which is shoot this person because he's in a parking lot with a possible weapon and he could be endangering other people's lives. And we know he's drunk. This should not even go into any review board. This should not even be a case. I mean, this officer did everything by the book. What is he supposed to do, stay there and get hit? Sit there and get killed by this uh, person or let him run and hurt somebody else. You know, everything has to be done by a case by case study. Not everything is done because of racism. Uh, Some people just unfortunately end up in a bad situation, like the officers in Atlanta, who unfortunately had to deal with the situation that got out of hand. That's like a completely different situation that would happen to George Floyd, but yet they're both kind of being toggled together, you know, put together and. This poor officer is now facing, what, maybe life in prison, 20 years in prison, and he was justifiably in his right to shoot a person who has a weapon and he's running in a parking lot putting others in danger and putting himself and the two officers in danger.
5: I think you you there was one thing you said that definitely, I believe, hit the nail on the head, and it was the cameras. Um, yes. I remember uh in the early days of of um video cameras being installed in police cars during they they were generally used in drunk driving arrests uh, driving under the influence And what had been happening is the police officers were always saying that, oh, you know, the person was falling down drunk and slurring their speech and all this. Well, now that everything was on video, there was a more accurate, um, not a more accurate, there was a completely accurate depiction of what that person looked like, sounded like. And so that once again enhanced the techniques and the training of the police. And I think now in the the era of body cam GoPro, and these you know miniature camera technology i think now that we can have an accurate depiction of what happened it's it's too is going to enhance the quality of of uh of police training and techniques and what happened you know as for example um i was on a show where we were talking about the the death of jeffrey epstein um, and wasn't it interesting that the cameras in the vicinity of his cell were all non-functioning uh, when when he mysteriously died? And so then, of course, there's always the the room for speculation as to why that happened. But I think overall, having video cameras and clear depictions – of of these arrests it also safeguards the police because there's many times when people claim oh the cop did this cop did that he raped me beat me did that or this and if you have a complete record of it and the officer is acting in a purely professional uh, manner not doing anything inappropriate then that protects the police as well
4: oh definitely It, it, it protects everybody um And that's, uh, I think, the technology that we need to explore more. And, in fact, I think the president even talked about that when he talked about doing police reform, using more technology like that to be able to get to the root of everything that happened. So we don't have just, you know, somebody's word against somebody else's word. Here's video evidence. Can't, you know, dispute that. And uh, now it's not just a police cam, as we saw in some of the footage that came out. Uh, Even the uh, Wendy's had their own footage. So you got several prospective shots of what happened in Atlanta, for example. And with today, uh, everybody having, you know, near 4K technology in their hands with uh, their cell phone, smartphones, look what happened with uh, George Floyd. You were able to capture the bad seed doing a bad deed. And, uh, you know, that officer, again, needs to go to jail. That's murder, too, I think they're charging him with, by all means, that's something that I think is legit, justified, and uh, and arrest him, take him to jail. That's where he belongs. And the other three that were involved, they all need to do prison time also. But it, still, the movements, the the riots, the looting, to me, all that is just uh, you know ridiculous. The the protest first couple of weeks understandable, but at some point it just it has to stop. And we've got to get back to normality here. There was gonna be charges brought against these officers like people are acting like nothing was gonna happen. These officers were gonna go through the system, they're gonna get their, you know, due process, and they're gonna go through and have uh, their day in court. Most definitely this is gonna be found guilty because I mean it's on video. The man literally, you know, dies because of this officer's knee on his neck. I mean this is irrefutable evidence. So there's no way that they're gonna come back and say, Okay, he's innocent you know i mean that's just not gonna happen but you know, moving on because i know we're short on time i do want to talk about you know uh some of the other stuff that you're involved with of course uh you're uh, very much into spirituality and communicating with the spirits and the afterlife and uh you're you've written a, a couple of really really great books evidence of eternity and uh never letting go uh do you want to talk a little bit about the books
5: in my bu- my first book, never Letting Go is a guide on the journey through grief, and it's for anyone who's lost a loved one it, you know when you're in that that complete fog and mm-hmm. you just don't know which way to turn and that's that's why I wrote that because it, it it's a not only a guide on the journey through grief, but it helps you identify when the spirits of loved ones are near. It's healing with inspirational messages uh, of love and hope from the other side. And it's been recommended by hospices and grief counselors around the world. And I wrote my book, Evidence of Eternity, Because when I was on the Never Letting Go book tour, people kept asking me questions, you know, is there science to support this? What happens um, for people who die from suicide? Is there a God? Is there a hell? Is there a heaven? Do animals have souls? And and so evidence of eternity bridges the gap between the spiritual and the scientific by explaining spirit communication, not just on the the basis of faith, but also on quantum physics in human physiology. And uh, it's been recommended and endorsed by the top near-death experience researchers in the world. Both my books are on audio and in several different languages. Um, People can can find out about them through my website, evidenceofeternity.com. And the thing is, Angel, for all your listeners... Um, I want to make, uh, um, extend this courtesy for anyone who would like to schedule a reading with me. If you go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com, and click on the telephone reading section, make sure that you mention Angel, okay, the host of the show, and or inside the jackal's head, and you will become eligible for reduced fee reading. So I want to extend that courtesy to, to all of your listeners.
4: Oh, that's wonderful! There you go, guys. See, in, you know, in, in these challenging times,
5: <laughs> in, in, you know when you yep. were saying that, well, a lot of people are out of work because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, yep. this COVID pandemic is is horrible. And what people have to realize is that every generation has its challenge. I mean, you know, my my parents and grandparents, you know, they dealt with um, the uh, my parents dealt with the Cold War, um, and then before that there was World War II, the Great Depression, which were horrible. Mm-hmm. Then in World War One, and on the aftermath of that was the what the so called Spanish flu, which ironically never originated in Spain, <laughs> um, <laughs> and,
4: so and nobody the- had a problem calling it the Spanish flu back, back then. By the way, nobody protested like now. You call this the China. Pandemic of well, well, the China but, flu, and everybody's like, you're racist. Yeah, but what happened was, at the end of World War I,
5: um, everybody went out in the streets and started um, celebrating, and that's when the second wave hit. They weren't social distancing. They didn't even have a term for that then, and there was also <laughs> big speculation as to whether and yep. they didn't even really know about masks then because using surgical masks was still a relatively new thing. I mean, yep. just the thought of that and the the spanish flu killed more people than died in world war 1 and let me tell you that's in the tens of millions of people so, so every millions, generation yeah. has had a uh, something this is ours and mm-hmm. people you know when people say i don't want to wear a mask well then stay home because think about it this way. What if you having to say that, oh, you know, it's too much of an inconvenience for me to wear a mask. Well, I don't like wearing pants either. But the thing is, <laughs> I'm doing it for other people, okay? Yes. Uh, but, but let's look at it in a more serious vein is, you know, what What if you, you catch the COVID and you're asymptomatic and you're highly contagious when you're not showing any symptomatics? As symptoms, and then you give it to a family member, maybe an elderly family member or maybe somebody else with an underlying condition, and that person dies, how are you going to live with yourself? Correct. You know, yeah. it do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I would prefer not to be infected. So that is mm. why when I go in public, I wear a mask. I don't particularly like it. But what we have to realize is the longer we don't social distance and the longer we don't wear a mask is the longer we're going to have to social distance and have to wear a mask. And if science has taught us anything, is that pandemics come, they're bad, there's generally a second wave, and then at some point it is going to subside. Now, the problem is, you know, if if it keeps recirculating to us, you know, like the flu comes back every year. Um, what I'm hoping for is, and and this is sort of a bright thing going on in the world, is that for for perhaps the first time in human history, all of our medical experts and scientists are working on a common cause. They're working on a vaccine. They're working on a cure. They're working for viable treatments. And what this is showing the entire planet in a, in perhaps a karmic shockwave in a way is that if we stop trying to destroy each other and put our scientists working in harmony to solve global problems, it's going to be better for everyone.
4: Agreed. Agreed. No, I can't uh, refute anything you just said 100%. I mean, uh, you know, like a, you know,
5: I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a realist. I, once again, I don't think we're yep. going to be joining hands with Putin and Xi and Kim Jong Un and singing kumbaya. <laughs> kumbaya, yeah. But the thing is, <laughs> you
4: know,
5: I've, I've I've had the pleasure of meeting a number of astronauts. Um, I've I've actually had discussions with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the first two guys to walk on the moon. John Glenn, um, I remember when I met John Glenn, I was like, all, well, all of them. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm you know, talking <laughs> to you guys. And it's funny because I meet famous people all the time, but, you know, these are astronauts. Oh, no, these and, are uh, icons, yeah, and yeah and American I, heroes. I, yeah, and then I met uh, Captain Mike Foreman, who was uh, a pilot of one of the last uh, space shuttles. And I also um, had a discussion about uh, space travel with uh, um, former Senator Bill Nelson, who was on, on cool. uh, the space shuttle. And what's really fascinating, Angel, is all of them, I said, so what was it like? And they're like, oh, it was wonderful. But they said, when you look down from, from the spacecraft and you see the Earth and how mm-hmm. alive it is and how like pulsating with, with life itself and how beautiful it is, and then you realize that's the only place we have to live. All of the astronauts said, it gives you this perspective, and you start thinking, humans are crazy, because <laughs> it's all about, we're going to dominate you, we're going to control you, we're going to have an empire, our weapons are better than yours, because now we have the technology where we can destroy life on this planet, at least us, anyway, yeah. probably, anyway, if we had a full-on nuclear war, eh, we'd all be dead you know, in about an hour, hour and a half. And, um, and those who didn't die in the first blast would probably wish they had, um, you know, when the waves of radiation were overcoming them. Mm-hmm. And that's the really scary thing, because you're getting a lot of these loose cannon, uh, crazy dictators and religious extremist organizations and jihadists that think that, you know, getting their hands on a nuclear weapon it's like when a, a gun falls in the, the hands of an extremely immature or psychologically unstable person. They look at it as a form of power over right. others, and nothing is worse than power in the hands of somebody completely incompetent uh, and and unwilling insane. to not use it. Well, incompetent and sane, I mean, all of the above. And yeah. so, so you know, it was fascinating listening to these astronauts talking about, you know, looking down at Earth and saying it's the only place, you know, we got to live. And uh, I remember hearing, you know, uh, Buzz Aldrin saying, you know, being on the moon was great. He goes, I mean, it was really cool, you know, you know, because you know, you, um, it has one sixth of the gravity that we have. So suddenly, you know, you go from being Clark Kent to Superman, you know, with, <laughs> you know, all this. He said, but it's dead, you know. It's just like this giant dusty, dirty, ugly rock. And then you look up at the Earth rising over the horizon, and you see it so alive. And so that's why we have to realize whether we may like or dislike people of a different color, or country, or political philosophy, or whatever, like it or not, we're all stuck on this third rock from the sun, and we damn well better learn how to get along, because this is the only place we got to live.
4: Amen to that. And uh, for uh, our listeners who are listening in, you've also uh, been referred to as the Psychic Indiana Jones. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Mr. Indiana Jones, I know you possibly have a third book on the way. Is that accurate? When is that coming out?
5: Um, well, I've, I've just finished the manuscript on it. I'm doing the tweaks and uh, cleanup uh, work on it now. So I'm looking at that for 2021. And, uh, yeah, the the media labeled me the Assythic <laughs> Indiana Jones. and I've been called a lot of things in my life, Angel, and that one I'm okay with. Um, well, what, what what it is, yes, I'm an attorney, but I've also, my passion is studying archaeology, history, philosophy, and theology, and I've traveled all over the world to study uh, other religions and to visit spiritual and mystical sites. And, you know, loving history has has been such a a, a gift to me because when I can go to a site and I know what it is, and I've had the the study, it brings what one person may look like as something that's ruined, you know, just a pile of rocks, it brings it alive. I remember the first time I saw Stonehenge, and, um, you know, I could hear these American tourists, and they were real loud and obnoxious, and like, that's it, that's all there is, and I was like, excuse me, do you realize that this pile of rocks is 4,500 years old. That's 45 centuries ago. It was built at or around the time of the Great Pyramid. And they're looking at me and I said, do you also realize that it lines up with the summer solstice and the equinoxes? And they're like, what? I said, do you realize that it's a calculator for the sun and for the times of the year? And also, according to uh, my professors at Oxford, you know, Stonehenge is built in a series of rings. And when you take a Geiger counter, over them when you reach the outermost ring it starts to pick up on natural radiation when you go to an inner ring the radiation intensifies you go to the 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 most central ring it intensifies even more and these monoliths are built right on these lines where the radiation increases now how did people 4500 years ago figure that out so I said it to these tourists and all of a sudden they, they're like looking at me like, huh, you know, and it's like, so don't sit here and say that's all there is, you know, because because you have no understanding of the significance of this.
4: I agree. That's, yeah, well, I think mean, that's a perfect way to end the segment. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Mark. We're all out of time. And uh, I got to get you back on for another full hour here on on the show really, really soon. Do me a favor, though. Yes, sir. Please, stay safe, stay, uh, you know, protecting yourself and your loved ones, and uh, let's check in with each other because, you know, I worry about everybody who's good on this planet, and uh, you're definitely one of the good ones. Thank you so much for everything you do.
5: Uh, Thank you, Angel, and thank you to all the listeners. Many blessings, namaste, and for heaven's sake, wear a mask.
4: Yes, sir. (laughs) We'll talk again (laughs) soon. Thank you. Thank thank you so much, Mark. Bye. Take care. If you want to check out the podcast later, it's very easy, very simple. com, free of charge. That means you pay nothing because nobody's got a job, right? So who's uh, who's going to pay for uh, silly old podcasts on the internet like mine's? Not anybody. So I give it to you, free, raw, and uncut. And with me are two gentlemen who love to get it, free, raw, and uncut. At least I know Brandon likes it, uncut. And uh, he, of course, is my sidekick here on Sundays. We made it a little bit late. And, uh, Brandon, welcome to finally uh, being on the show tonight. How are you doing, sir?
3: Good, man. How's everything going, Angel? Thanks for having
4: me. And, well, you're always welcome inside the jackal's head. Uh, hopefully we can get your uh, Skype issue fixed for the next episode so you don't sound like you're in the middle of, uh, you know, doing a number two. Uh, but it's all good, man. It's all, it's all understandable. You know, sometimes you uh, feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. But joining us now is the actual guest of the evening, and the one and only, the legendary here on PSN Radio, and all over the internet, a gentleman whose podcast you can hear here uh, not only on Friday nights, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, but you can also hear it on syndication, meaning that when uh, we're not live, a lot of times... We will be playing Dr. J Radio, and uh, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head, my friend. Thank you so much wow, for spending an hour with us.
1: It's a pleasure, Angel. I know we've been trying to get this together for a while, and I'm so glad we did it on a good day for me, too.
4: There you go. With two birds, one stone, huh? Amen. Good for you. And let me tell you, uh, like I was saying before uh, we joined up here, um, you know, I was hoping that uh, you were doing better health-wise. You sound fantastic, my friend.
1: Thank you, thank you, Angel. You know, I know a lot of people out there have been praying, and I know that has a huge impact from the Maharishi effect. I just want to say that I hope to stay this way, but yes, I'm phenomenal in that. I'll take it. You know, of course, there's always some minor things, but I can't complain.
4: No, I'm telling you, uh, at one point, I was like, oh my goodness, uh, I think he might be a goner, and uh, the fact that you're here is a blessing, and uh, a minor miracle in itself, and right now, uh, we need miracles, man. I, I mean, how are you dealing with everything going on in your neck of the woods?
1: You know, I got to tell you, for personally, on a micro level, because of my autoimmune pneumonia issues, right before yeah. the lockdown started for us, I was already under quarantine because they we had the cases in Washington State. So then they warned me because I did have pneumonia and they wanted to get me into a hospital. But if I had contracted COVID-19, it was a 70% chance of death. So there was no way in heck I was going to that hospital. But I have to say, fortunately, with California, because it's a little more spread out, uh, it hasn't been hit as hard, but... Lately, you know, we're hitting record numbers again. They just closed the bars again, and it looks like, sadly, we're going to be headed to another uh, lockdown. Hopefully not as bad, but I know it's going to be somewhat similar where businesses are going to be forced closed and things like that.
4: They predicted the second wave, uh, you know, when the first wave was happening. They were like, look, this is going to happen. This is part of the process. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, when you have a pandemic that is airborne, uh, some people are going to be, you know, lost. Lives are going to be lost. Uh, that's just the uh, sad part of it. And uh, I love how the media is trying to spin this, uh, <sighs> Jay. And oh, they're, saying, they're, say- they're saying, they're they're oh, we have so many cases. We're doing more. We have more cases than anybody. What the hell are we doing? Well, we have also 350. what, 400 million people in this country. We do more testing than anybody else. So by the numbers it's a very small percentage of those that are dying towards those that are getting infected, but just the overall number of testing we're doing we're doing more testing than just about most countries combined at some point uh, so of course we're going to have more cases just logically uh sounded you know this is something that's spreading uh airborne you know you touch something, so you're going to have more positive tests. The good thing is though that it seems to not be killing. Everybody, you know, there's people that have immunities to it. Uh, some people that uh, might have, uh, be symptomatic, but just a, you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't kill them because of their demographic or whatever. Uh, so we we're in that kind of a look. But like every other thing, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, you, you have a history in, in medicine. You know this. Uh, like every other virus or airborne thing, you know, we have to kind of stimulate it and uh, let our own immune system kind of you know deal with it
1: i I agree i'm a huge believer in herd immunity and you're absolutely right that there's a lot of people being affected with uh a being asymptomatic and i've heard that the the virus itself is mutated if you recall at the very beginning the people of course who were dying were the people in nursing homes i mean because they're the most frail but in general it was the people that were older were contracting this far easier than say other people now i think that the average the age group is 18 to 40 or 45 is the number number one group currently contracting it but fortunately the death row is the death rate is very low for this group
4: yep yeah, yeah today it's, it's like what like two percent or three percent or something which is tragic Look, like any life uh that is lost to any disease or or any uh, event like what happened in uh, Minneapolis, or anything that you know, any life loss period is a tragedy. But uh, when you compare the amount of testing that they're doing, uh, you know, the percentage is not one for the mass hysteria, and that's where a lot of people think, uh, "Well, it's all a hoax." No, it's not a hoax. There really is a pandemic, uh, but the media is spinning it to the point of ridiculous.
1: Oh, they, point. they really are. And I got to tell you, it, it's kind of offensive when they take a, a pandemic, a real issue, and then use it to try to ruin a president's administration. And that seems to right. What it's all about. Just fear, 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 fear. And, you know, there's not much mainstream media that you can really trust these days. And that part really gets to me where it's like, I just don't want to hear ABC, CBS anymore. Because that's all they're going to yeah. do just scare us to stay indoors and wear masks indoors.
4: It's all fear-mongering, uh, and, and it's not just uh, the pandemic. It's uh, like the riots uh, like we were talking about with my guest earlier on, uh, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, and uh, something that I've been touching on on my website, angelespino.com, and you're and on the show. Uh, you know, this is something that's happening, the fear-mongering, not just with the COVID. It's happening with Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Uh, the kkk they're trying to really turn this into like a civil war uh where all they're doing is hurting themselves because if for example the media is condemning people going to church right which is a peaceful thing and you're condemned for doing that you're evil for wanting to worship and i'm look i'm agnostic i don't believe in religion all right, let me just get that out of the way. I'm not trying to stick up for any religion. I don't care what you worship. That's your business. If you want to go worship, it's in your amendment, uh, constitutional rights to go do so. You have every right to do it. And the media are condemning these people. But when people are rioting and looting, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we're not going to touch that. Let them do what they got to do, which is doing nothing but hurting everybody because you're hurting people that are small businesses you're hurting uh, individuals that are innocent you're hurting others that are going to get sick because you're now you know in big mobs and groups doing all these activities and giving it to themselves and who are the young who are the people that are doing these young people are mostly doing uh, this this stuff in the street and uh, guess what They're passing the COVID to themselves, and the spike, and here in Florida, we had a huge spike over the last uh, week and a half since the protest down here, and about, I think it was like 5,000 over a couple days, in people testing positive. Why that happened? Because of the protest. A lot of people got infected, were young people, and a lot of them were seen at the protest. In fact, there was a mandate, I think, going around it might actually have passed the bill, I'm not sure, Uh, but they were talking about uh, if you are positive uh, for COVID during the uh, next few weeks, uh, check to see if maybe you were around during the protest and during some of the looting and the rioting. And if uh, you know you were there, now we know how you got sick. And that's exactly what's happening. These people are pretty much killing themselves and their family members for a protest. This You're is not the actual- time for that.
1: Right, that that part is the saddest part, is they'll get it, they may be asymptomatic, they go home and their grandmother's dead, their father's right. in a coma, and it's like they don't get it. And you know one of the most offensive things that really bothered me throughout the whole riots after, sadly, George Floyd's death and the riots had started? It's almost as if the media was saying, go protest, defund the police, hurt them, destroy buildings, and by the way, you won't get infected if you're a rider.
4: Right, exactly, yes, and that's look, look what happened in Chaz. We've had a number of cases up in the CHOP, Chaz, Seattle, or the artist formerly known as the Seattle. That's what I would like to call it now. Uh, Look look, look what happened there. 19 murders, uh, about a dozen rape uh, cases, Uh, let's see, children getting raped, uh, children disappearing. This is all just in the last few weeks, okay? Uh, The number of cases coming out of uh, this area alone for the COVID-19 has gone through the roof. Uh, this is all, by the way, endorsed by the mayor, Jenny uh, Dumbass, or Durkin, or whatever her name is up there. And uh, she endorsed it and said, hey, it's the summer of love. Hell of love. That's a yeah. hell of a lot of love. Full of
1: murder, rape, child molestation in this crazy zone. And if they do want to achieve their goal of defunding the police, well, then if someone's getting raped, who are they going to call?
4: Ghosts, but right. Jay... But check this out. That's the funny part. And people are saying over there, well, where are the cops? You threw them out. Remember that?
1: Right, the autonomous zone. And uh, they had some shootings. Like you said, 19. I remember one of the broadcasts. Two people shot. One was dead. And uh, the yeah. cops couldn't get in. And then, like you said, they're out there complaining. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. You kicked us out, is what they're saying. It's true.
4: <laughs> I mean, th- think about this. Next time, uh, these people really they wanted to defund the police, and I know Brandon wants to get in on this conversation. I'm gonna uh, let him jump in in a second here, but these, you know, these people that are crazy, they want to defund the police and get rid of the police department. When when their loved one is alone and somebody breaks in, and they call nine one one, this is what should happen. There should be a registry where everybody who wants to defund the police should sign up online and say, yeah, I don't want any police help ever. So when somebody breaks in and they're about to rape you, and you call 911, they're like, yeah, what's your emergency? Well, I'm, I'm about to be raped, and they're breaking into my house or something's about to happen. Oh, well, I'm sorry, your phone number came in on the registry. You didn't want no police help. Good luck with that.
1: I'm 110% in favor of that because I think the only way they're going to understand the value of the police to them is when they're in that position and nothing like
4: exactly. Put them in that position, no matter... And look, a lot of these thuggish uh, creatures that are doing these destruction and the the mayhem are Antifa, and the the funniest part is they're white, liberal women.
1: Right, right. (laughs) That's the majority of them. Um, That's the
4: crazy part. Even Chappelle talked about on his show on the uh, 846 clip he did. where he looked back and he said, white women, shut the fuck up. Like, he just said... (laughs) He said it's shared because these white women are egging it on, and they're all part of the LGBTQ elemental P community, and that is the craziest part because they're sticking up for the the Muslim Brotherhood and a lot of these Muslims that are behind these uh, terrorist activities. People that if they were in the Middle East countries would have their heads cut off just for being part of the alphabet community. And uh, let me get Brendan in on this. Brendan, you want to throw in your two cents? Because I know you've been waiting in the wings here.
3: Hey, thanks, Angel. Um, a couple of things. Let's let's go back a little bit um, as far as defunding the police goes. I'm going to have to address that right now. I'm, I'm not going to... Date if I'm a supporter of Black Lives Matter, I am African American myself, just for those that don't know. But I do work you're for a black organization. I'm not. Yes. I, I've I known you for 20 something work, years, and black. now
4: you're telling me you're black? Are you kidding me?
3: Like, Jesus, I couldn't. Well, you know, whatever. for those that like <laughs> to correct me these days. Um, <laughs> you my, stayed over my, my house, is, and I didn't know. My thing is, <laughs> I, I find it kind of ironic when people say defund the police. I've worked yeah. with police agencies. I've worked for them. Um, I have a different perspective on it. I'm not saying that the police should be abolished, disappeared, disbanded, dismantled, however you want to word it. My problem is the police, budget-wise, monetarily-wise, are one of the biggest budget wasters on a city or municipality's budget. Let's think about it. Let's go back to high school economics. The police, I know for personal fact, use personal their you know, vehicles for personal gain, personal errands, things like that. They get countless overtime. I don't care what they want to call it. I've done their payroll before. I know what I'm talking about, but my thing is you need, we need to conserve people like, Oh, I'm conservative. Why don't you be conservative when it comes to law enforcement resources? Okay. And my thing is I've been, uh, you know, being around that so long, I feel liberty to say, I think some police are dangerous, legitimately dangerous. I think some are liars, some are thieves, yep. some are flat out cowards, just as what we've seen with the George, George uh, Floyd case. Correct. Okay? That, that's the, you're murdered by a coward police officer.
1: All you people and nobody's, nobody's argued
4: that, blood. by the way. There's not one person it's who's argued that anywhere.
1: Very offensive. You know, watching that, I just that part of George Floyd asking for his mama and saying he can't breathe, I got so mad at Chauvin and the cops around him. You know, everyone said, check his pulse. He can't breathe. I don't care yep. what you've done. You do not deserve to go out there like that.
3: Correct. No, no. And I no do No human being does. Uh,
1: resist. I do support citizens
3: being able to resist against the police. If you feel like your life is being threatened... I mean, we live in Florida, okay? I know the fact that a lot of the police, here like to say they were in fear for their lives. I say if a citizen is in fear for their life, they're being treated unjustly, they should be able to resist or at least defend themselves. I don't, and I don't wish any harm on police. Please, people don't take me as, oh, he's black, he's uh, uh, a liberal, a crazy liberal, whatever they wanna say, they don't know my political views. My thing is, people should be able to defend themselves by whatever means are necessary. And at the same time, my thing is, I'm not, I don't wish harm on any police officer, don't take it that way. But the thing is, you, you guys mentioned a point Oh, who are they going to call? I'm like, I've asked myself that on occasion. Uh instance, I had a bad car accident about five or six years ago. I was about less than one mile from the Orlando police headquarters. Someone smashed into my car on the road, left me there, and drove off. It was a hit and run, a real bad hit and run. The police never responded. Never. So... Who who am I going to call? <laughs> you know, but there's there's and, a okay,
4: but there was a hit and run. Uh, were you injured at the scene? Did the paramedics come out and help you? was uh, uh, the highway paramedics patrol the there?
3: paramedics were called? The paramedics were called. A okay. officer never showed up. Did
4: and a highway, highway patrolman 24. show up?
1: Yeah, that that hit and run where you're injured. That's a felony for whoever fled the scene.
4: Right. Yeah, now, I mean, Did they, you they did you speak? Did you speak to highway patrolman?
3: Um, I did not speak to any police officer until the next day. I think it was uh, the next day when I spoke with their internal affairs department. Um, and they said that there was a shooting in downtown Orlando. I don't know what that, I think the lady was lying that I was talking to because I'm like, just because someone fires a weapon in downtown Orlando doesn't mean you could divert 100% of your police officers to that one incident. She said, well, we don't have police officers hanging around the building. And I said, right. I work for a municipality. I know that's a, a badass lie. But I just said, all right, we're cool. Now, let's move on a little bit further ahead, Angel. I, I, I haven't told many people I, I was a victim of police harassment, just like you said the police mm-hmm. you know, did something to you. And I'm not talking about me being pulled over on a traffic stop, okay? I was, pulled, I was pretty much walking out of my apartment, minding my own business. There was like a little, like a little walkway to the outside from my door. So I didn't uh-huh. see they were there, but they were uh, lodged down behind a car. And they told me to get on my knees, and I'm just carrying some garbage out. And I kind of pulled back against the wall and pulled my knife out because I didn't know what was going on. They didn't identify themselves. I told them, I'm not coming out. I don't know what you want. Don't try to rob me. I pay my rent here. I like my neighbors. You're not going to do this to me. And one of the cops, I guess they identified themselves about five minutes later after they put me in cuffs. And they're telling me they thought I was a neighbor they were looking for. Uh, we'll call him Roy because I think that's what his name was. Roy was also a black man, but he's—I'm only five nine. Roy is an older man, bald, about six four, <laughs> the skinny size. And, Well, I mean, they—they they, did not want to
4: put you in a, in a description like they all look alike, you know. So you know, they—they're just uh, whoa, well, you know. They pulled you over. Look, uh, did you get beat up?
3: Uh. No, but they, they were a little abrasive because they did uh put the cuffs on me and I did okay. uh try to I did resist. Um uh, I don't a like mistake. you're not identifying you're not identifying yourself. I don't know who you are. You're dressed in black, okay? I, I'm not I'm not gonna let you put cuffs on me. It's just not gonna happen. And of course they scattered my garbage all over the the courtyard like they were trying to look for something. They we never found war. Okay. Right. Uh, he lived right above huh. me. Well, it's a good <laughs> thing then we then know you don't be...
4: snitch because you could have been like, he's right
3: above me. <laughs> I try to tell, like, <laughs> who are you looking for? I, of course, cops have selected hearing. You know, I'm trying to talk to them. They just ignore you like you're not talking. I know it's a lot of them like to do that, but you know, I, I'm I'm I, I feel that what's going on right now is is across the country, across all the communities, is a bad thing. Um, I am I, going to address something else, and I may get pitchforks for this, but I, I don't like the phrase that people say in annoyance when they say "all lives matter." Okay, my thing is, I'm at the end of the day, I'm a black man. I'm not, I'm not all. I'm black. Yeah, you are. You See,
4: the thing a, well, no, here's here's the thing, though. Uh, I understand you're you're a black man, but you're part of the collective. You're part of the human race. First and foremost, so oh, yeah, to say, uh, to That's say, to say, to say, to say, only black lives matter. Look, all lives matter—black, white, I Russian, Asian.
3: Did not say only. Okay,
4: but no, I'm just I saying. Didn't. So if we're gonna say that black lives matter, then we're all gonna have to take a a, a slogan. Of, you know, the white guy's gonna have to, you know, pro, you know, promote all you know, white lives matter. The Asian guy or Chinese guy, oh, Chinese lives matter. Yin yong, Yang matters. You know, like when is it gonna end? How about yeah, all the, humans the, matter?
1: Sad How's that? is, once people just start doing it, that is what invokes racism. I don't Correct. understand how all Lives that's dividing is us because Black Lives Matter offends me because it says I'm not fucking important and you are. Well, I'm sorry, yeah. more white people are killed by cops every year than by any other race.
4: Not only that, according to, and I can say this now because according to Ocasio-Cortez, I'm black because I'm Latino. So according to her, because she's the, uh, now the, the folk uh, leader in the face for the Democratic Socialist left that's controlling the, the Congress, according to her, if you haven't seen the news, Latinos are all black. So as a black man, I'm offended by all lives matter because I was born in Cuba and I'm Latino. And uh, my Latino blackness in me tells me, you know what? All lives every human matters, whether you're black, white, doesn't matter. Because when you start labeling, it divides us and the division is what causes racism and hate. And hate leads to anger. Anger leads to suffering. Remember what Yoda said. Very very oh, very I, wise. I, I definitely I, I definitely
3: agree with you, Andrew. And I I agree with you too, so I, I you know um you know, my thing is when it comes to there's certain events that have been going on in this country, not just recently, but over the last. What we're seeing is just repeated history. Okay. No, what
4: we're seeing is an orchestrated. we an orchestrated event because do you know? Do you realize that the Black Lives Matter organization is literally, and I can prove it to you. I'll send you the links later so you can see for yourself. They're funding every cent that goes into that organization to a company called Act Blue. Act Blue is literally a fundraiser for the Democratic Party. In other words, AOC, Nancy Pelosi, Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff are all getting the money that, that people donate to Black Lives Matter. So, again, black people were being taken by fools by the Democratic Party. Because they're literally sucking money from people that are donating to a cause that is giving money directly. 90 of all that money is going directly to fund these campaigns. The other 5% is going to promote online. Black Lives Matter, to have the Facebook accounts up and all the uh, promotion you see everywhere, the promo ads. Okay, so 95% of that money that's being collected is directly going for people that are not even black. The, The Nancy Pelosi's, Jerry Nadler's, why do you think they're in Congress taking a knee to Black Lives Matter? Because they're getting paid for it. That's why this is not a this is not a political this is not a political statement. This is orchestrated to destroy a president. The Black Lives Matter, one of the leaders that started the group, said directly that their entire purpose is to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. She said that. Okay, the, the other leader of Black Lives Matter, Sean King, is a white guy. So what 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 are we talking about here? There's no real movement. This is all orchestrated and plotted. Do, I mean, do we not find it that it's irrational and illogical that all this is happening on 2020 when we're in a depression because of a virus and we're upcoming at uh, this an upcoming presidential election and the guy who they got running is an imbecile who can't keep a coherent sentence together and Joe Biden? Do we not all find that how just how ironic that is? I mean, that is hysterically. Funny Jay. I mean, am I alone on this one, Doctor Jay?
1: It's so true. It's so true. He can't string two words together, even when he's reading from a teleprompter. And you know, Bro, it's it's
4: hysterical.
1: So sad that if, knock on wood, if they rigged the election and he won, can you imagine what Republicans are going to feel? They're going to be like, wow, we had a president who was actually doing something for this country for everybody, and they rigged it to lose to a guy who's got Alzheimer's. You know, it's pretty damn bad.
4: Now, I'll tell you what, this is going to be his running mate. Either it's going to be Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris. That's it. Those are the three candidates. It won't be Stacey Abrams because they already embarrassed the shit out of her on on TV. And uh, the gap in her tooth, I don't think, will let the ego uh, go back in. And, uh, you know, she's already upset at Joe Biden. So it's not going to be her. can't be uh, AOC because she's too young. Uh, Now, Biden said it was going to be a woman of color. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, a white woman who lied and sucked money from uh, Native Americans and lied about it, okay, to go to college, then was busted on it. She also lied when she said that she was fired because she was a pregnant teacher. That was proven to be a lie. She's lied over and over and over again. She's a hypocrite, and she might be the the running mate if it's not uh, Stacey Abrams. And I'm telling you right now, it's either going to be down to Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton, and God knows if Joe Biden is as senile as he is, and uh, it gets to the point where he just cannot be the president, we're going to have President Clinton or President Warren, and that is going to be a disaster for this country.
1: Oh, it really is, especially if Pelosi's still Speaker, because she'll be elevated yeah, to the it. VP.
4: Correct. Think about that. It'll be one of those two, Warren or Clinton, and then Pelosi as the vice president. And guess who the Speaker of the House would be then? AOC.
1: Yes. Yeah, thank you. I that's even just as scary that she would be the third most powerful person in in from the rank of the presidency. President, vice president, and then AOC. Wow.
4: The Trinity of Evil. Yeah. Right there. That's the Council of Evil. And look, all women. They're all, I don't hate women, I love women, I'm a straight man, I love women, and women, let me tell you, right now, these are not just your average women, these women are paid, they're put in place, Uh, the Young Turks are behind a lot of this stuff also, because they funded the Democratic Socialist Movement, which is part of what AOC talks about And uh, the people that that brought her into the scene, see, she didn't really run an honest campaign, whether it was the first or second election, which she just got, uh, you know, passed and uh, got reelected in the Bronx. Uh, Both elections were highly rigged. She went in through a very, uh, you know, let's be honest, the Bronx, that's uh, one of those seats in Congress, which is like nobody was even paying attention. So they bought her way in. She went from being a bartender. To soliciting an advertisement within a group that she belongs to, the Socialist Democrats, about an actress that was needed for a part. She got the part, and that's what she is. She's an actress playing a role. And that's been proven. You guys really, I mean, the listeners, gotta check out Project Veritas, yes. and how a lot of all this nonsense is being concocted right in front of your eyes with CNN, Jeff Zucker. I mean, there's a lot of players behind the scenes, and everybody's being taken for a loop, and people are getting hit with their emotions and that's what black lives matter is doing to black folks in this country they're getting hit with the emotion of oh well black people are getting hit, you know killed by cops look they kill whites they kill latinos you weren't beat Asian, up by a cop anybody Yeah. anybody uh, you know brandon you weren't beat up you were treated kind of like rough i got beat up by cops they actually punched the shit out of me and the ribs, and the head, and the face. I got beat up by the police. And I'm not here to say defund the police because that is ridiculous. And I see through the propaganda. And that is all this is, is propaganda. And it's going to be going on to November. And if Trump somehow wins, which I hope he does, me and me I believe too. he will, yeah. and I I'm voting for him, and if he does win... It might actually get to the point that he's going to make it better by doing what he has to do because now he's going to have four years to get it done, which is, A, send the military to these areas that needed and get this taken care of militarily, which needs to happen at this point if they don't get their shit together. B, Nancy Pelosi needs to be arrested for treason because that's what she's done. And, you know, the statues coming down, that's 10 years max, right? That's yes. something we have in law. She gave a list of the statues to take down, and they got taken down. She orchestrated that. Okay? okay, there's even a talk about a RICO Act against all these people. All this needs to happen.
1: And also, let's not forget, you know, I know that A.G. Barr said he doesn't want to arrest Obama and Biden. Uh, For what they did to Flynn and President Trump, because he's afraid that it's going to set a dangerous precedent. But if they just walk scot free for what they did, I I don't know if you know this, but I know General Flynn well. I've interviewed his brother more than once. I know Mm Roger Stone well, Jerome Corsi. and, And sadly, I know Roger's going away soon, but I'm always getting, you know, You mentioned Project Veritas, and and as you mentioned with AOC, by the way, for those out there who aren't paying attention to what Angel said, her brother submitted her for the role. Yes. So if people just pay more attention, they're (laughs) going to see exactly what you're talking about, Angel. It's a freaking coup. You know, it's full of people that are violating the law that are supposed to be our lawmakers, and they're the most untrustworthy people.
4: By the way, we have a phone call on the line here. A caller just called in 970. You're live on Inside the Jackal's Head. Welcome. Hey, Angel. Hi, who's this? Uh,
6: this is uh. Well, I can give you my name or my handle. You can give me anything. Saying, uh, uh, just uh, don't be. Don't um, call me.
4: Don't call me when uh, you're making dinner because I I will not be late. Oh, uh, no,
6: too late <laughs> for dinner. How about uh, call me Angel Fan? Yeah,
4: okay. Yeah. There man. you go. So, oh, dear, uh, do you want to throw in your two cents on what we're talking about?
6: Yes, and I just would like to say I want to start, uh, somebody start carrying cards that say your life matters. Not
1: there you go. black, I li- white, I like that.
6: blue, green, orange, all, but your life matters. Because that is direct and personal, meaning... One cares for another. The I like that. I really decides,
1: do.
5: That's yeah, a great well, idea. I've
6: been thinking that for a long time, and I'm old, and I'm a little—I'm um, just not very brave. But uh, I can call into shows from time to time and give an opinion.
4: Well, you're always welcome to call into the show and give your opinion, my dear. And that is a beautiful phrase: "Your life matters."
6: your life
4: matters yes i i am I'm 100% for that because like i said everyone matters it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from and uh you know at some point we've all dealt with bad situations we've all had bad people in our life Uh, Whether they're police officers, whether they're neighbors, friends, family members, you know, bad people are just going to be there. And it's how you deal with reality and how you deal with life and how you move forward with the the situations you're in, you know, you know, you're placed in that makes you who you are. And uh, to go back and think, well, it's something that happened before I was even born hundreds of years ago. It's something I still should be mad at now. If that was the case. And, you know, the the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh there's a lot of things that me as a Cuban and now a black person according to ALC I could be mad at, but you know what? It's time to, you know, let things go and uh you know, move on. And and we're in twenty twenty
6: exactly. What my question we need to embrace is, everybody. When when did one human consider another human um Am I, human? A, I, don't a brother, I don't know. A
4: brother and a sister. Yeah. Which was we all
6: are. I'm talking, if you're thinking from the first time humans became first aware, which was eons ago, what happened to split our race? I, I don't our think it was that. Human, if you want to hear race. By, by I'm not little, talking. If you want to hear my sex or any I, other race, but our human race. What happened to start splitting up segments?
1: What happened? I I don't think it was if you want to hear me. I personally think it just started from slavery. I know I'm Greek. uh, Different tribes of ancient Greece enslaved others. Africans enslaved their own and sold it to other people. I don't think it became just raising oh you look different we're going to treat you yeah. differently. it's just that okay you're a slave and you're not in the same me- medium class or whatever i think it was socioeconomic not so much of what your color was it's always no, social economics. Permission to do that
4: no it uh, he just said it. it's all social economics and and by the way dear uh you know just uh to you know clarify one thing uh and uh this is something that a lot of people don't understand Slavery has been going around way before black people were slaves. Black people had Jewish people as slaves at one point. So, I mean, if we're going to start paying reparations, I don't think there's enough money to go around.
6: (laughs) I want to know when uh, humanity, from its very roots, when it first became aware of itself, when humanity said, okay, here we go, this is here and that is there and you're the slave and you're the owner and blah 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 and I'm talking gazillion years ago when did yep. that start what seeded that because I've, we got that, that. We that, that started
4: we started were, we're a that started were out that's the, no. That's the, that started in the beginning. When we were all cavemen, and we still have that mentality. Remember the hunter gatherers? Uh, we still have that uh-huh. kind of mentality. And there's always somebody who's going to be the dominant alpha male, and that that person is when it sets the tone, and I then know, if he has but, a hatred for it. Wait,
6: wait, 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 <clears throat> wait! Back then, uh, Th- that's there how it begins. Many races.
4: Well, because we don't know. That. We, were, we we weren't I mean, we weren't, we weren't alive back then.
6: then. We have, I'm sorry. <laughs>
4: No, the, uh, the thing is, I'm sorry, is we were, I'm getting
6: into. Okay, go ahead.
4: No, not dear. We weren't alive uh, back then, so we don't know how many races there were. But I do have to let you guys. We were short on time, and uh, we have to move on. Okay. But thank you so much for for calling, please, and please call in anytime you like.
6: Well, I just wanted to put that out there for people to think about. It isn't just over the last few hundred years; it goes back to the origins and the, oh, the origins, definitely. There weren't that many races. In fact, there was pretty much one, which was uh, uh oh, what that not pro Magnum, the um, anyway, uh something jumped in there to fuck everybody up, and I just want to <laughs> put out we all matter, and fuck who with that. ever fucked us up, and the the primary race is the human race and all these uh, sub races after that all matter you matter and that's like i'm sorry i got a little carried away okay thank you very much angel i appreciate you giving me the time to rant
4: <laughs> no problem we we'll love you talk to you soon
6: <laughs> okay bye-bye
4: lovely Uh, And I I, I do like that. Your life matters. Uh, Brandon, anything you want to add to that? Because your life matters, bro.
1: Amen. guys.
4: I think you're muted, bro. um, There you go. I'm I'm good. Yeah, it took me a
1: second to get off. (laughs) By the way,
4: Uh, way, being unmuted matters.
3: Yeah, being unmuted matters. (laughs) That's the most important part of the night. Find that unmute button before the screen blacks out again. Exactly. You know, I appreciate... Uh, By the way, the that's racist. Uh, there, saying
4: the screen hmm. black style, that's racist.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we gotta laugh at it because now, like, everything is like uh, Costco is doing away with their white and black cakes. And I'm like, those are delicious. Why do you? Oh, because one's white, one's black.
3: I don't it's freaking too, care. I don't know who's what? doing that. That's extreme. That is totally extreme. But <laughs> well, what about this getting <laughs> good?
1: Statues of Jesus and and stained glass. I mean, whoa! I mean, is there really an ever an end to this? No, uh, no, j- and,
3: and there won't be an end because it, and it all got triggered by the damn Miss Butterworth. Uh, who was it, Miss Butterworth? That pancake syrup—that's what got me pissed off. I want that Dude. syrup to stay. The only, the only one that and Jemima. That, that come on, white syrup.
4: Yes, I <laughs> am to that. That doesn't even taste like syrup. But how are you going to fuck with Aunt Jemima? I'm sorry. I, so with you. I, I love pancakes in the morning and, uh, and I, I love, love pan- syrup uh, and Nigeria to change either. I mean, just put I just
3: need a lower sodium right? content, but other than you that, know, <laughs> less MSG, yeah, but that's it. Less, less MSG and sodium are good. Yeah, because of Latinos are dying from high blood pressure. I mean, <laughs> right, <laughs> Lord Sodium. But, I mean,
4: wasn't it a black woman named Aunt Jemima who started the syrup back in, like, the years? I mean, this is an actual woman that lived, right?
1: If I'm not mistaken, if she didn't start it, it was definitely her recipe.
4: Right. So, I mean, why are we trying to, like, erase a historical person who had a syrup that's freaking delicious? We all enjoy it. You know, we should should celebrate that. I, I don't get that. Lincoln freed the slaves and they're trying to bring his statues down. Like, are you what's next? What are we going to have a statue of Colin Kaepernick?
1: Especially that statue paid for by freed slaves. Wow, I mean that, you that, know? that breaks my heart. They were alive, those freed slaves that paid for that statue where he's reading the emancipation proclamation and there's a black man on the or on his knees and he's basically telling him to get rise up, you know, you're free. I, I mean, I could see how some controversy was around that, but obviously not enough where the people sought controversy and said, we're not going to pay for it, we're not okay with it. It was meant to be something good. And one thing, too, is no one ever said the United States is perfect, especially in the past. We take pride in knowing we do the best we could, and we always seek to get better. Now, this country was founded on slavery. Now, I, because, the people, it was just the norm. I hate to say it, but it sadly was the norm in the South. That got abolished over 160 155 years ago, whatever the exact date was from the 13th Amendment. The point being is I'm just still blown away that we're still talking about this because I don't know a single person who could say, yeah, I spoke to my grandfather and he told me what it was like to be a slave. Nobody is alive. That I can right. speak to that is directly related to a slave who they were talking to in this lifetime.
4: Yeah, we're, we're way past that. And then you have, of course, you're going to start paying, paying reparations, which, uh, uh, what's her name, Jan Presley, uh, the congresswoman, once uh, done, uh, because she says, pay us what you owe us. Well, you weren't a slave lady. Uh, nobody alive now was a slave, so we're going to dig up the dead and give them well, it's sold to them. Unfortunately, what are you going to do then? You're going to separate the people that were not on the tree of African slaves, so other people that came from Africa directly or from Jamaica or other parts but are black, they're not going to get paid. So, how are we going to segregate this? Who's going to do that kind of work? Who's going to get what kind of money? And do you know that if you actually start giving acres to people, there's not enough land?
1: Yeah, we're going to run out. Of that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, at some point we're gonna have like what 7-Eleven in the middle of Area 51? <laughs>
1: yeah, all right. S four 7-Eleven.
4: You know, I mean, uh, to what point is this just ridiculous talk? And this is what's coming out from uh, from the idiots in Congress. We had Joey Nadler openly saying that Antifa is part of an imagination. Can that, you imagine that? So
1: fu- that makes me so furious because. This has had the earmarks of Antifa from the beginning, and, of course, this is their agenda. It's been their agenda from four years ago, and you're right. The timing is exactly for this reason, and it won't die down until after the election, and I probably think, literally, it'll probably be even going until the inauguration. Oh,
4: definitely. Definitely definitely uh look and you guys don't have to take my word for it go directly to the black lives matter website when you do the uh, the, the investigation yourself you're going to see that it's connected directly to act blue act blue is a company that deals directly with a democratic convention and gives money to democrats so literally every penny that comes in to black lives matter is going to fund White Democrat politicians.
1: And I can't believe they still use Democrats as their party name. There is no democracy in that party. There hasn't been. It's all Marxist at this point.
4: It's, uh, that's exactly it. In fact, uh, one of the, uh, and it's funny you say that, I had a a clip, which I should have queued up, but I don't, of one of the members of uh, Black Lives Matter, I think it's in KC, where he uh, came out publicly on another radio show, and he said that basically Antifa are Marxists, and, uh, you know, he is uh, not a Marxist, and uh, he left Black Lives Matter because they're taken over by Marxists by Marxism, I and mean, that's exactly what, what it is. And uh, he is no longer affiliated because of that.
1: You know what's sad, too, is I think a lot of these younger generation that are wanting this socialism, Marxist utopia that they think, uh, first of all, they're not paying attention to history. It never right. has worked. And by the way, who's going to pay for all the free stuff? I don't think they really want it. <laughs> uh, ain't
4: free. <laughs> Nothing. And who's going to build it if nobody's working? That's another right. question. You know what I mean? And, uh, and by the way, how are they going to travel if they don't have airplanes or even the technology available to fly anywhere?
1: Oh, you didn't okay. forget about these sea horses, <laughs> right, that oh, get the seahorses, right? Oh, I forgot about guy. that. <laughs>
4: yeah. And remember, according to, uh, to uh, Ms. Thunberg, Greta, uh, you know, you can't drive either because global warming. That's another thing. So we can't drive. We can't fly. Uh, I guess we're going to go back to the horse and carriage.
1: I'm Soon it's going to be asking for us to commit suicide because humans uh, are causing global warming. I'm sure it's going to come down to something (laughs) like that. If I'm not mistaken, I have heard something to that effect. Uh, I I might have been a a skit where someone was showing what the left is going, or, you know, that section, like the Gretas of this world are going that far. But I have heard people literally say that we should be eliminated to save this earth.
4: That's all part of the plan as my friend the joker said in the dark Knight, it's all part of the plan global population control in 2020 has been kicked into high gear and it's all being done right now for fear for mongering to instill hate to bring up social unrest and to do exactly what we're seeing in you know right in front of our eyes why? Because they don't like the guy we elected. Why? Because he is not a corporate sellout and is not backed by the same people that are funding the socialist movement, the communist movement that's happening in this country. Antifa, Act Blue, these companies are shills for the people that are really controlling and destroying the world. Now, unless you want to see Venezuela on a, on a very massive scale here in the US, trust me. Do not vote for Joe Biden because sleepy, creepy, the sniffler Joe Biden. He's not going to be the actual president. He's he's Alzheimer's dad. He's like he's full of dementia. The guy's not. He's cuckoo oh. for cocoa puffs. He's gone. He's,
1: he's not even going to be giving speeches in front of a teleprompter. He's just going to take pictures, uh, you know. Him yeah, that's a, But he's never uh, going to run anything. And chances are, after inauguration, he just might step down and go live in a home. Uh, you know, like I, I really think it's going to be that. But regardless, no matter what. He's not going to be running the country if
4: he wins. I don't make uh, a year out of him being the president if he actually wins by some crazy thing. And it, might, it really isn't that crazy because they can easily rig it, and they probably will. They tried in 2016 by the uh, electi- by the, the miracle that is the Electoral College. we got Trump in here, and he has really drained the swamp to the point where they're eating their own. Cancer culture is even eating its own. It's a crazy drainage that's happening all over the world and we're short on time unfortunately uh dr jay thank you for making that out tonight man you're oh, awesome
1: always pleasure thank you
4: i'll give everybody again the times and dates and everything that they can find you on your website link i want to make sure they they're able to find you with ease brother
1: drjradio live.com drj Radio live.com that will take you also to youtube the times which change because of sadly i'm not as consistent from health and also to accommodate people i try to be monday tuesday thursday from eight to ten eastern but like i said it does fluctuate the best thing is just to pay attention to the site and to youtube
4: Awesome, and of course you're heard here on every Friday night at uh, psn-radio.com, and uh, periodically you don't even know this probably because you're so busy. But when we're not live and we have uh, no you know content, uh, you know you're usually one of the shows that I put on the. Screen. Oh yeah,
1: no, I do know, and I that's why I tell people <laughs> like, hey, yeah, check it out, check out psn. Yeah, no, I appreciate it.
4: Now you're always loved and welcomed here on the network. You know you're one of the greats, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay safe, stay healthy. I know it's a rough time right now, but please, please take care of yourself. And uh, I want to, you know, have you back on real soon.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I will, I will stay safe. I'll do my best, and you too, and you as well, Brandon, From everything, from COVID, from the riots, from everything that's going on right now.
4: Yep. Brandon? Last two cents of yours, bro. Go ahead.
3: Hey, uh, Mr. Jay Angel, thanks for having me on. It was a great show. Um, you know, I'm glad you know we were able to come together talk about this. Um, you know, I, I wish uh, I wish everyone would just be safe out there. It's a troubling time right now in more ways than one. Um, you know, I definitely support people's rights to protest, but we got to be safer about it, just like we talked about in the first hour. You know, everyone has the right to state their opinion. Everyone has the right to go out and make their voice heard. But don't put others at risk to prove a point, you know and uh that being said you know I, I appreciate you guys hearing me out um enjoy talking to both of you and um you know again everybody just, just hunger down be safe
4: with that as always this is inside the jackal's head i am angel espino the host of the show again check out the podcast we'll be live within probably 20 30 minutes on the website angelespino.com and uh as always please support us on patreon by going there and checking out Angel Espino first and last name we'll get you right to it and any uh thing you can do to support us is welcomed that's what keeps us afloat so please check out patreon and help support the show so next time please please stay healthy stay sound covid free and we show right again on inside the jackal's Head. this is little jesse randolph singer my good friend with good friends good night everybody
1: Remembering times like no other I would see sit-